Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh, and welcome to another live Q&A with yours truly. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well on this Wednesday. And um, I'm just excited to do these live Q&As a little bit more often because I believe it just adds immediate value to your life. But for those who are watching later, as those who's coming in live with their question, want to welcome you. Thank you all so much for joining me. I pray that after you watch this video, you're blessed by it and that you're gain some type of wisdom from your brothers and sisters questions as the Holy Spirit utilizes my vessel and my voice to be able to communicate the value that he wants to give for the person's question. So after that, you like, man, after watching the video, you're like, man, I like this guy, subscribe. Oh, you like that guy's vibe? Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach. But before I get into the Q&A piece, because I'm giving them time to write their question, um, there's been something in my spirit that I want to share with you. Uh, it's very important for us to flow with God. Many people are waiting for God to give them instruction when God wants us to be in step with his instruction. So the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Your steps have already been ordered, shipped and delivered. Based upon our obedience, based upon our commitment, based upon our faithfulness, we'll be able to be in sync with those steps that have already been ordered for us. And look at your life. Imagine two paths. The life that you're living and a life you was meant to live and begin to assess, are my steps in line with the steps that God has already ordered for my life? That's something to think about. And even if you already made the wrong turn or you ran ahead of God and you went this way or that way, God says, I can recalibrate you and get you right back in sync with the steps that I've already ordered. And no matter what those steps you've done previously out of order, those things are erased by my son's blood. So all you got to do is settle yourself to get back in alignment with the steps that I have ordered and God will redeem the time. And I often say this, that God redeems the time as we renew our minds. And so where are you stepping today? Are you in step with God? Are you flowing in the steps that have already been ordered by him? And I have four points that I want to give you that will put you in a better position to flow with God. The first one is this, F-L-O-W. The F is you have to be faithful in prayer. When you're faithful in prayer, it's a sign of humility. When you're faithful in prayer, there's a realization that God knows everything. The Bible says, uh, tr uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understandings, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. So how many of us are walking crooked down crooked paths? When God said, acknowledge me and be faithful in prayer and talk to me, say, God, am I in step with you? Am I flowing with you? And the beautiful thing about flowing with God, all we got to do is, 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 is uh, start our days with praise and gratitude, giving God the first fruits of our breath, giving God the first fruits of our energy. And when we do that, we create synergy and then we're able to navigate through our enemies successfully. So we have to be faithful in prayer. L, we have to listen to his word. Key word, listen. The word speaks. The word is alive. We have to listen and adhere to it. So what the, whatever the word of God says about whatever you're doing or whatever roles you have, you got to roll with it. And so if you're a husband right now, look up every scripture about at least get five scriptures about what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a father. Even if you're not a husband or father yet, start immersing yourself in that word now. If you're a wife to be or mother to be or wife now or a mother now or just a single woman, begin to immerse and marinate yourself in God's word and listen to what it's saying. So the word of God is not just powerful. The word of God is powerful, but the word of God also has uh, 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 patterns 
It has principles that if you actually adhere to them and listen to them, and add your ear to them by adhering to it, then you'll begin to find yourself steps aligned in the step patterns that God has already ordered for you. So F, we said faithfulness in prayer. L, we said listening to his word. Oh, we have to be open to the leadership of the spirit. Are we open to him? When was the last time that you fellowship with the Holy Spirit? When was the last time you uh, got into a place where you was vibing with him and acknowledge him and, and begin to uh, uh, steal your life and remove the toxic things out of your life so that you can be open to him? What in your life has you closed off to him, but you're open to the world? You got to think about that. If you really want to have your steps ordered by God, if you really want to be able to be in step with God, flow with him. Because when you flow with God, that's where that's where the favor is. When you flow with God, that's where the protection is. When you flow with God, that's where the peace is. If you divvy off the path that God wants you to be to walk on, then you're going to miss out on those things that are only given in the presence, in the flow of God. So faithfulness and prayer, F, listening to the word, L, O, being open to the Holy Spirit, being obedient to the Holy Spirit. But last but not least, W, walking in obedience. Whatever the word of God says, walk in it. The Bible says, my, your word will be a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. So in order for me to walk this road of obedience, this narrow road that I've already walked through the narrow gate, then I have to walk in the word. The Bible says, look carefully then at how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time for the days are evil. It says, the Bible continues to read, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So it is our responsibility to understand what the will of the Lord is. And the Bible also says that the will of, the, of God's will is our sanctification. The more sanctified we are, the more we're able to see where we are. And because when the sanctification process of God is working in us, then we're able to understand his will as men, his will as women, husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, preachers, teachers, entrepreneurs, business owners, executives, doctors, lawyers, whatever it is. The more we allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse us, the more we'll be able to be who we were already created to be, walking in the steps ordered by him and being that beacon of light that's ministering to different people because we're faithful in prayer, we're listening to his word, we're open to his spirit, and we're walking in obedience. Are you flowing with God today? Are you slowing or are you flowing? Are you in step with God? Is there a rhythm about you and God? Is there a pace about you and God? So that's my word I want to encourage you with today before I got into the questions. Marie Evans, let's get to it. How do we have a relationship with the Holy Bible? Great thing. Great question. You have to understand that the word of God is alive. The Bible says the word is active. The word of God says it's sharper than any two-edged sword, able to separate the spirit and the soul. You know how surgeons use sharp objects to do surgery? The same as with the imagery with the word of God. It's sharp. It does surgery. It'll separate the spirit from the soul. It, 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 will, it won't cause that meshness that causes messiness. Like it will be able to separate the spirit, your gifts, your talents, your personality from your from your emotions, your 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 thoughts and, and your intellect. And it will begin to structure it and place it in a particular order so that the, the it'll be in alignment that the, the spirit of God will begin to permeate through your personality and permeate through your gifts and talents and, and begin to renew the way 
you think about you, begin to renew the way you feel about you, begin to renew the way you distribute you, right? And you will begin to have a greater sense of, of control over your eyes, ears, and all the rest of your senses. And when you understand the word of God is allowed, because I'm gonna tell you this, I told my students on Sunday that each and every one of us are affected by the vibrations of words that have been spoken to us. Either it's vibrating us at a high level or a low level. Words are that powerful. And so the relationship with the Holy Bible is not necessarily that you have a relationship with the book, but you have a relationship with the author. See, Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the one that's writing the story of whatever chapter you're on. Right now, I'm 37 years old. So I'm on chapter 37. And he's still writing and aligning me to what he's already written about me in this stage of my life. So how do we have a relation with the Holy Bible? First off, you have to have the right uh, perspective of the author. When, once you know the author's love towards you, once you begin to understand the author's goodness towards you, then you will value their words. For instance, it doesn't matter who writes a card to my wife. My words written in the card matters most because we're the, we're the most close. Right. And the closer you get to him, the more valuable his words will be to you. And then you will begin to see his words changing you and sustaining you. Great question. Nubian soul child says, hey, how will my future husband know I'm his wife out of millions of other women out there? Great question. Well, if he knows God, he'll find you easily. If he knows God, if he's following God. If he's in fellowship with God, he'll find you easily because the steps of that good man are ordered by the Lord and the steps in your steps are ordered by the Lord. And if y'all both are allowing your steps to be ordered, then y'all find yourself bumping into each other. So don't worry about the millions. Don't worry about them. Don't worry about if he because you don't want a man that's looking for you without without God's uh, 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 leadership. You want a man that's in prayer. You want a man that's that's present where he is and being shaped and molded by, by the hand of the Holy Ghost and, and positioning him to be that man, that husband, that father you need to be in your life. But it's going to be very hard for those, for you two to come together or for you to be able to be in position for that vision if you're if you're caught up in, in, in the millions. So don't worry about the future. Worry about now. All that you should be worrying about now, all you should be focusing on right now is continuously investing in the development of you being the wife and the mother he needs. Not the mother for him, but the mother that he would love to be married to for the children that he wants to have with you. That's all you got to worry about. See, the Bible, not the Bible, but I tell people this all the time. All that you have to worry about is the who and the what. The when, the where, and the how will always stress you out if you worry about it. If you always stress, if you always think about the when, the where, and the how, then you ain't going to be able to walk in that power. You see what I'm saying? You're not going to be able to grow in the things of God in this juncture of your life. All you got to focus on right now is who you need to be, who God is, and what he wants you to do right now. If you focus on the who and the what, and you and you let your partner, who is God, focus on the when, the where, and the how. Then, my friend, in a matter of time, you'll be right there at the altar with that young man, and it, and you will give God all the glory for ordering your steps, ordering his steps, so that you guys will be able to walk together in step as as oxen yoked perfectly together, carrying that marriage or carriage the way God wants you to carry it as you till the fields that He has for you all to till. Hope that.
Lucinda says, what about the man that never make the plans but come for benefits and always have excuses on why they can't? Let me see if you say anything else to elaborate on that. Lucinda says, what about the man that never makes the plans but come for benefits and always have excuses on why they can't? Great question. Well, first off, you don't want to marry a man who doesn't have a plan. You don't want to be with a man whose plans are not from God. When a man only comes from the benefits and is causing you to be in fits, it's because you're trying to fit him in in a role through a false hope, believing this man can be the man you desire to be because you are tired of being alone. You have to treat yourself like a Fortune 500 company. Right now, I can't go to Twitter and walk into Elon Musk's office. I can't go to Amazon headquarters and walk into Jeff Bezos' office. I just can't start. I just can't go into the executive offices of a Fortune 500 company and start working. No, there's levels to this. See, first off, you have to understand that you have to treat yourself like that Fortune 500 company. Every company has policies and procedures. It has a systems for firing and hiring. It has uh, uh, all these different aspects of it, uh, uh, entry cards to get the particular areas in the whatever. And when you begin to look at yourself in, in conjunction that, then you'll begin to say, OK, when a man does approach me, then he has to approach me like a person is approaching a, a company. So what does his application look like? What does your application look like? If you're not applying the word in your life, then anybody can apply for a low-level position in your life if you're not applying at a high level. See, a man should not have a man should not be able to walk in your life if he already knows he can't afford your life. A man should not be able to walk in your life because there should be something about you that makes him nervous and realize that he can't afford it. Now, let me tell you this something. Let me tell you this. A Roy's Royce dealership doesn't have that many people coming to it. A Ferrari, Lamborghini, Maybach, whatever these different high-end cars, they don't have that many people. They don't have a bunch of people there. There's no sales. There's no clearances. There's no commercials. There's nothing of that nature. Why? Because their advertisements are not advertised where most eyeballs are. Their advertisements are based upon the places where their desired clients are. And so me, I know for a fact, then I'm not just going to go to the Royce Royce dealership because I can't afford it. Not only can I not afford it, I can't afford the maintenance of it. And so when you begin to understand your value as a woman, as a child of the most high God, then you will raise the prices. You will raise yourself to your priceless state. And a man has to already understand that, that, that he has to be who he needs to be to be able to not only afford your attention. That's why you just can't pay your attention anywhere. He has to be able to afford you paying attention. And after you pay attention, now he has to be able to afford the maintenance. A lot of men can get a girl. A lot of women can get a man, but they can't keep them. And so if you're giving your benefits without looking at your application and not looking at his resume, you got to be able to say, what's your resume? Resume, another word of that spelled just like resume is resume. Before we can even resume this conversation, I got to review your resume. And also, you got to be able to understand that most companies just don't have one person doing interviews. 
You got to understand that you're in partnership with the Holy Spirit. You got to let him do the interview. Why? Because he's the only one that can do the interview because he has the interview. He's the one that can have the inner insight to be able to view the deep depths of the individual and then begin to let you know this individual is not perfectly fit for you. So when you see yourself as a company and you see yourself as a child of God, then there's levels to access to you. Then the first thing you're going to say is, what's your plan? What's your resume? And then while that man is talking, you allow the Holy Spirit to show you the interview. And then you will begin discerning your spirit if you should continue. And then you save yourself more time and headache, all that kind of stuff along the way, because you already know, I'm not going to give my body. I'm not going to give my mind. I'm not going to give my emotions. I'm not going to give my intuition. I'm not going to give my whatever benefits to someone who's not hired. So right now you got to say, hey, I am not smart enough to hire. I'm not smart enough to hire. That's why I let God do all the hiring. He's my HR. He does all the hiring. He does all the paperwork. He does all the interviewing. And so that when the person comes into work, we're able to work together. And so if you're with a man right now that you allow to skip all those steps, then you might want to take a few steps back and begin to process what made you step in so that you could be able to assess your value. So you begin to say, you know what? I don't deserve this because the reason why we serve this is because we don't think we deserve this. So we just serve our benefits because we don't feel like we're valued or loved by God. So that's some work that you have to do, my friend. But never entertain a man who doesn't have a plan in his own life, who is not even pursuing purpose. Hope to help. Let me see. I'm supposed to have a coaching call. Let me see. Okay, let's continue. Time for two more questions, and then we're done. Speedy Sprague says, I have a lot of business and creative ideas that God has placed in my heart, but I'm not sure how to know which one I should do or implement first. Great question. One thing that I've learned in walking with God is realizing he'll let me know. And that's why fellowship is important. So you could be familiar with with what it is that he wants you to invest in. So what I would do is this. I will spend time, if I were you, um, based upon. Um, the ideas. I will write all ideas. Now, right now, I have a list of about 47 book ideas. And one thing that I've learned walking with God is that even though a book I can write right now that could probably sell more, I don't just put it out there because of because of its ability to sell in the present moment. I can I could write four books on singleness and be a multimillionaire uh, by this time next year, right? Or I'm just, I'm just being, but yes, I could be a, yeah, I can, I can create programs and all stuff. But if God tells me to write a book on prayer, it is what it is. And if that book of prayer only reaches a hundred people, so be it. It's obedience. But one thing that you have to understand is that you are not, your creativeness is not like the world. The world toils differently than us. We're supposed to be led by the spirit of God. It reminds me of this, my friend. And I want you to take some time to really think about this, what I'm about to share with you. When Jesus was talking with Peter, Peter was in the boat. And the Bible says Peter was fishing all day. Peter, Peter and his boys, they were out there all day. And then Jesus shows up as a teacher. And Jesus said, and this is where, you know, Peter was cleaning his nets. Peter was like, man, I ain't catching that all day. I'm chilling. Jesus shows up late in the evening and says, cash your net one more time. Peter then begins to say, man, Jesus, man, we've been toiling all day, all afternoon, all evening, man. We're tired. But at your word, though, man, 
When they cast a net at his word, they caught the biggest catch they ever caught to the point to where they had to call other boats in. And then Peter humbled himself and began to see Jesus in a different light. So what am I saying? God has placed a lot of things in your heart, but that doesn't mean he wants you to place them in your hands. So what you do is you, you write what you put a place in your heart on a shelf and put, keep on the shelf until God tells you to pull off to pursue. So if you don't know, don't go. Just enjoy the creative atmosphere that God has created between you and him and just continue to write until God says, and you feel that nudge, this is the one I want you to pursue. But don't feel pressed to try to impress because you want to flex and begin to say, hey, I am a creative too. I'm a businessman too. We're different than the world, my friend. And so follow him and you'll begin to know in time which ones that he wants you to put out there. TJ Dream says, sub coach Josh, why is it that lately I've been feeling out of place and feeling out of alignment? Man, it's it's toxic out here. It's demonic out here, man. We're, we're in some treacherous warfare times. We have to press even more into our spiritual disciplines. This is not by accident. This is by design. You know, I've been feeling the same kind of feelings like, man, it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on <clears throat> in the spiritual world. And we and we have to be in tune. We can't tune it out. We got to be in tune. And so why is it late? I've been feeling out of place because, man, uh, there's a lot of stuff happening in the spirit world that's affecting everyone's world. And we have to get back to the fundamentals, get back to the disciplines, because we don't know what's about to happen. We got election year coming. We got a lot of things coming. And, and you got to be uh, 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 um, close to God, sensitive to God, led by God and getting in alignment. And the best way to get in alignment is is to understand his design. And he say, okay, what is God's design for you as a man? What is God designed for you and everything in your life? And then read that, meditate until you become aligned to his design. And then you can be functioning as assignment despite the noise, despite what's going on. But yeah, trust me. I understand, man. There's a lot going on up there, but you got to press even more. You're so welcome, Nubian soul child. Jody Summer says, how to wake up happy when I have nothing to look forward to? I lose interest in every hobby or business idea. I don't have any burning passions like I want to. I want to do more than just go to work. Great question, man. Well, the word that you put in there that you may want to switch with another word is that word happy. See, happiness is based upon what is happening or what is not happening. So if your happiness is based upon whatever it is that you feel uh identified identifying yourself with so if, say for instance um i'm only happy if she's here i'm only happy if they're here i'm only happy if i have this then you'll you'll begin to fluctuate because your happiness is based upon what is happening see the opposite of happiness is joy happiness is based upon conditions Joy is not based upon conditions. Happiness is based upon what is happening or not happening. Joy is based upon what has already happened, what God has already done for us. See, see, when we begin to understand the helmet of salvation and how it keeps our minds protected from this particular state, when we begin to see what we've been saved from and who we've been saved to and the beauty of salvation and the awe of having access to God, then that right there will spark joy in you because of what he has done for you and not based upon what you want him to do for you. And so when you rest in what Jesus has already done for you and you begin to intentionally begin to uh, become aware of his goodness, 
And his goodness will draw you to repentance and repentance will draw you to being renewed and renewedness will draw you to a place of, of thriving at a high level in your purpose. Then you'll begin to see that joy is the best drug on earth. That the Bible says in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. The Bible also said the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you're pursuing happiness like Will Smith, then you're going to miss out on what God has for you because happiness will only sustain you based upon the happenings of the things that you want to happen. But joy is a settlement. Joy is saying, hey, because of what Jesus has done for me and the goodness of God that I see every day, my soul cries out, hallelujah. My, my, There's a praise I'm coming from me. There's a joy that's in me because, because this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And so what I want you to do for the next week or so is to begin to look up. Uh, I want you to look up five scriptures on joy and I want you to meditate on them for the next week or two and begin to every day write down five to ten things you are grateful for. Tonight, I also want you to write down before you even write about the grateful things. I want you to write down all the things you you remember God doing good for you. And if you can only write three things down in front, I want you to start writing down every breath you breathe that day. And that's God's faithfulness towards you. <clears throat> so if you lose interest, it's because that you're not invested. If you're not invested in God, it's easy to use, lose interest because if you outside of that bubble, if you outside of God and you're more tapped into your burdens or you're tapped into pursuing happiness and you're not tapped into the self, the, the fullness of joy that is in God's presence, then every day is going to be like that. So I want you to I want you to do your work, man. I want you to get some scriptures, meditate on them and begin to talk to God about them. And then begin to look at the root reasons of why you struggle in that particular area. And then you'll find yourself shifting mentally. And if you had a place right now where you say, hey, coach, I need my mindset to shift like that. I need to get to a place where I'm counting my blessings and I only putting me in a place where I'm not even able to count my burdens. But I'm in a place of sustaining joy. That's a mindset thing. And if you need help in that particular area where you could be able to be at a place of continuous joy to the point to where you're fulfilling your purpose with, with thriving and that you're thriving and not surviving, then make sure you go to my website right now, mycoachjosh.com forward slash mindset mastery is a hybrid program of mindset and purpose. We have 15 or so people in that program and they're shifting their mindsets, discovering their purpose, developing it at a high level, and they're shifting and watching their whole life shift. And if you need that in your life, fill out the application today and I'll be on the phone with you shortly and seeing how I can help you. Hope they help, family. I'm going to see if the person, let me see if we're going to have this call or not. Let me see. Give me one second. Just want to make sure. Okay. Let's keep going for times. Uh, I'll go about three more minutes. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, okay. I'll talk. Michelle H says, hi, Coach Josh. Uh, how do I hear from God and how do I pray? Sometimes I'm not sure what to pray about, and I want to be consistent in my prayer life, but I'm not sure if I'm praying correctly. Don't worry about praying correctly, because when you focus on trying to pray correctly, you miss out on the personal, the personness of God. God is a person. Just like you talk to your best friend, talk to God like he's a person. He's not a machine. He's not a he's not a, 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 a egotistical deity. He's an individual. 
And so when you focus more on the prayer than you do the person, then you will never pray correctly. But when you focus on the person and think about his goodness, think about his faithfulness, think about how he's been merciful to you, then you will bubble outside of you words that you never heard, words for genuineness, authenticity, or venting, that, that because you'll begin to create an atmosphere of closeness with God where you'll be able to speak uh, in a way of, of him being your nearest and dearest friend. Right. And so when you focus too much on the prayer, then you will try to perfect the prayer. Just focus on the perfect one and you'll find your prayers prayed perfectly. Because the perfect prayers are prayers prayed authentically, authentic, uh, authentically. Right. So when you pray authentically and you pray into a person who's personable, who's funny, who's chill, who's who's not mad at you, who loves you then you'll just talk to them like, like you would talk to your closest friend. And then you'll begin to hear God differently because what you, how you pray to God and, and, and the, in your perspective of, of why you pray to him will determine if you even hear him because you're going to be looking for like a, 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 a King James version response. <laughs> but if you talk to him like a person and, and it's personal, and 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 you and you vent to him and you go on drives and you talk and you'll be surprised how it opens up the obvious responses that he always been responding to you to. But because you was focused so much, so much on your prayers, then you'd be missing out on the person. So how do I pray? You can follow this kind of thing. This is what I do. And I'm trying to remember how it goes. I think there's six or seven R's. Number one, you have to reflect. Before you pray, reflect. Reflect on the goodness of God. Think about it. Take about 36 seconds every morning. Just think about how good he's been. Reflect. After you reflect, rejoice. Because when you reflect on the goodness of God, the next thing that's going to automatically happen is you're going to start rejoicing. God, I just thank you for being so good. Thank you for, 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 for a sound mind. Thank you for a sweet sleep. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for my children. Thank you for my arm. Thank you for my life. You start rejoicing. Then rejoicing then push you into a place of repentance. After you don't talk to and reflect on the goodness of God and rejoice at his goodness, then there's going to be some things in you. And it's not going to be repentance. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm a bad person. It's going to be just authentic repentance. Like, God, I'm sorry for how I treated my wife. I'm sorry for how I treated my husband. God, help me to shift my perspective in this area because, God, you're just so good to me. And then once you begin to repent, then you, I forgot the other R. It's, it's reflect, rejoice, repent. Um. Then request. After you repent, then make a request. No, because you know what reflecting, rejoicing, and repenting does? It get it puts you in a position to request better. Because now your prayers won't be so full of God, can you do this? Your prayers will be more filled with God, you did this. <laughs> God, you in my midst. God, my hands are open, no longer fists to serve you. And then when you get to the request stage, your heart has already went through a couple of different shifts to the point to where you'd be like, man, I'm not even prepared for what I'm about to ask you for, God. Or if you do ask for ask him and you petitioning with that or whatever, you've already mixed it with Thanksgiving. And then now you truly believe that he's going to do it because you're already reflecting on his goodness. So after you request, then you uh, reach out. Reach out means pray for other people. Reach out through prayer. Lord, I pray over my mama. I pray over whoever it is in your life. Pray for everybody, spouse, kids, whatever. And then after you do that, then you retaliate. 
devil, I command you right now through the authority of Jesus Christ. So after you done reflected, rejoiced, repentant, requested, and reached out through prayer for other people, then you got a power about you. Then you coming after that enemy now. And then after that, you just continue to reflect and rejoice throughout your day. That's praying without season. Just continues to reflect, continues to rejoice. And then every now and then, God may drop somebody in your heart to pray for. Every now and then, God may use a situation to, to show you a part of your heart that you need to repent from and change your mind about, renew your mind about. Man, that's just how we pray. That's how I pray. That's the kind of order. And I hope that was a blessing to you. Um, I love you all. Thank you all so much for trusting me with your, your questions. I pray that was a blessing to you. Also, check out some resources that I have, like my latest book, Multipurpose, How to Find and Fulfill Your Purposes in Life. If you're at a place right now where you really want to maximize your purpose and take it to the next level and not just be on the surface of it, then this book right here will be a blessing to you. Also, check out the Mindset Mastery Program that goes along with this book uh, and fill out the application and become part of our community today of people. Also, check out the other uh, 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 programs that I have. Uh, that's on my coaching tab as well. Also, check out our merch line. Well done is the movement. We want to be well so that we can do well. Um, and so that we can uh, put ourselves in position here. Well done. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, be a great resource for you. Help you untie soul ties, unroot strongholds. Here's a book right here, Counterfeit or Counterpart. If you face to face with someone or something and you're not clear if that's that someone or something from God for you, then this book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, will show you how to confirm God's will for your life and begin to see the differences between a counterfeit and a counterpart. Also, uh, if you're looking to hold things in your life better and you feel like, man, I got too many holes in my life. Or you want to make sure that you want to put yourself in a position where God will pour that spouse and pour those different blessings in your life so that you'll be able to hold it. Then this book, The Holiness Journal, will be a great resource for you. We also have a, a man, one of the best things I created is card game. I have four amazing card games. Check it out on my website. It talks about how to play. <clears throat> and I think these card games will be blessing too, like this card game hole here. If you want to understand the purpose of your singleness, this book right here will help you understand your singleness to the point to where you will embrace it and not try to erase it. If you're looking for a dating prep resource to help you make sure that you are positioning yourself to be on the same page with the right one or to make sure that you're on the same page with the one you have, this book right here will help you either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. And if you struggle with spiritual warfare, you want to better understand the whole armor of God, this book right here, World War Me, will be a great resource for you. Also, check out my children's book my wife and I created called As He Says. Great points to help your child discover the art form, their purpose early so they won't be distracted later. So thank you all so much for joining. Also, if you feel blessed by this and you just want to whatever give, and you can do it on my website as well. Uh, check out the card games, books, coaching opportunities, uh, program opportunities, all that available on my website, mycoachjosh.com. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. I'll catch y'all next time. Peace.